It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now from the Bleacher Report, our good friend Howard Beck. And Howard, if you had to guess, how many responsibilities do you think our boy Gordon has at home? <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, I mean, that, that's the way we're starting this? That's, I mean, <laughs> dangerous stuff there. Um, I, 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 I don't even want to hazard a guess. Like, I'm, I'm just, there's, there's no, this is, this is a trap. This is an absolute trap. Howard, this is the this is Jake's way of uh, of implying that uh, that I'm I'm a lazy fool around the house. That's what he's. Uh, no, 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 no. Here. I just think you're 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 well taken care of in your own little bubble there, Gordon. How's that? Well, we all have our responsibility, Howard. Like <laughs> at your place, you you probably there are certain things that you're good at that you take care of, right? I mean, we all do. I, I am uh, I'm really good at washing dishes, and that's how I uh, <laughs> escape all all responsibilities for things like cooking, which I am not so great at. See, so. smart man, I'm in that same boat. You know, if yeah, there's a, if there's a dish to be done, I'm on it. I'm on it because uh, how about the grill up dinner? How about the grill, Howard? Are you any good on a grill? Um, once upon a time, I was okay with the grill, but um, New York living is not conducive to uh, <laughs> a grill. I have I have no outdoor space to speak of. Um, so the, 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 my my grilling skills that I honed in my uh, L.A. years when we had a roof deck. Uh, <laughs> That, that, that it's all gotten really rusty over time. I said 16 years since since I had my own like you know Weber. So yeah, uh, don't know, don't know how that would go now. It's a personal question, but do you do you love New York so much that you see yourself staying there for an extended period of time, Howard, or would you ever consider maybe relocating or whatever? <laughs> People back home uh, have asked that periodically over the years, and and. Uh, I mean, it's been 16 years now, so like this is the extended period we've been here, um, mm-hmm. and uh, we and we bought a place uh, in Brooklyn back in, in November. Um, so we are we're pretty well invested in in our lives here. So yeah, I mean, look, I'm California native, as you guys know. Grew up in Northern California in the Bay Area, and, and spent years in LA before moving out here. And it's still home in a lot of ways. I love it. Family and friends back there, everything else. But you know, we love living in New York. Um, unfortunately, right now, all the benefits of living in a city like this have been completely taken away because you know you you pick a big city because of the ability to walk out your front door and immediately like you have all this. This, this this vibrancy, this life to the neighborhood where we've got all these restaurants and bars and shops and then like, everything is just shut down. And, you know, uh, though we are not uh, never been, you know, that interested in living in the suburbs, suddenly having a suburban home seems like that would be the better alternative right now because without, at least we have our own outdoor space. You could socially distance but still be out on a, on a patch of lawn somewhere or whatever. And so it's, it's the, the trade-off of uh, suburbs for city um, is one we were happy to, to make. Um, but in the middle of a pandemic, when we're all having to stay home a lot, um, is, is not quite as uh, great of a trade-off. 
Howard, the big news around here, as I, I would guess you could predict, is the story in The Athletic today by our friends Tony Jones and Sam Amick, also uh, Sham Sharania, talking about you know the how the Jazz handled that situation in Oklahoma City, the situation leading up to it, and of course the aftermath and the, the big controversy is the anonymous uh, source quote in the piece uh, about the relationship between Donovan and Rudy, quote, it doesn't appear salvageable, unquote. I guess I'll, I'll leave it broad. Your takeaway, if you had a chance to read that story and uh, your thoughts on on those things well those uh all those guys are great reporters and i don't doubt the reporting i don't doubt the anonymous quote i don't doubt that there is something all i would say though is that in the absence of guys actually being able to be a team in other words the 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 situation being what it is everybody is on their own islands right now because of the crisis that that we're all in it means there's no ability to try to patch these things up in a a, a meaningful way that a team normally would i mean it doesn't mean these guys can't email or text each other or get on the phone i'm saying that when you're in a team context and a season keeps going and there's there's really no time uh, to to just continue a feud, you you either you know it it can implode or you deal with it. And, and but you're around each other every day. You're on planes and in the gym and everything. And if and if the, the organization sees an issue between two guys, you can try to address it. And um, I, I just think that you know this is if this thing is festering, I think it's partially because there is there's no season and there's there's no ability to to you know have guys be forced to be in a room and and try to work through these things and i would just say that you know in my experience having obviously lived through the Shaq Kobe era for 7 years salvageable unsalvageable i mean none of these things are permanent states of affairs i i've seen guys who presumably hated each other end up on the same team and become really good teammates i've seen teammates fight in a way that was so uh, seemingly so toxic and, and so uh, you know deep that that you'd think that they're never going to get along. There's no possible way that you guys could stay together, and then they do. And with Shaq and Kobe in particular, that was just a roller coaster. There was, you know, they 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 were fine. Then they weren't. Then they hated each other. Then they won a championship. Then they hated each other again. Then they won another championship, and everything was fine until it wasn't. I mean, it like I, my feeling is like these relationships are very rarely so linear. And in this case, if it's really about the virus and about you know catching the, the the illness and all the stuff that went along with it. I mean, and I think the story went into this. We we don't know who gave it to who. We don't know who had it first. We don't know who gave it to who. We don't know if they even they could have both got it from different places. And we don't know if if Rudy's uh, you know uh, actions that have been scrutinized so much, both the public and and, and not public actions. Um, we don't know if that had anything to do with anything that that may have been completely immaterial to him catching the virus. So if that's at the root of all this, well, that seems like a strange thing to get hung up on. I start to wonder if there's more to it than just that. And if it's, you know, if there's a, if there, is there a personality element to this, is there something else going on? I, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud, but if it's just about the virus, there's too much unknown that, that for it to make sense to, to have that be what's going to break up these two stars. So, you know, my, my thinking tends to be, that, you know, things will calm over time. Once, you know, basketball is being played again, whenever that may be, um, there will be an opportunity for the team to try to, to, to help patch that up. And 
guys also, you know, don't necessarily have to like each other to win together. We've seen that in this league many times, too. Yeah, that last point, Howard, I think is really on point with, with the whole idea how close do guys have to be. Jake brought this up earlier. You don't have to all be best friends in order to win championships or to all row in the same direction. It seems like, you know, as long as you can tolerate and fight for one another out on the floor, that's what really matters. Yeah, and it's not to dismiss those tensions as being potentially – a derailing factor. I mean, it, it, it can. Um, it depends on how a team manages it. Depends on whether guys will let it get in the way. But yeah, you you can you can have you know tensions, personality differences, um, you know whatever you know anywhere on the spectrum there, and still be productive teammates. That's that's altogether possible. Um, now, if guys outright hate each other. And it becomes, you know, so divisive that, you know, guys in the locker room are taking sides and guys, you know, guys won't pass to somebody, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it it can go off the rails. It doesn't have to. Howard, the Jazz, uh, as you know, are going to have to decide on Rudy Gobert. He's he's under contract next year, but he's eligible for that super max extension. And Gordon and I talked about this probably item number one or two, at least, on the, the agenda this offseason is to decide Rudy's value. How good do you think Rudy could be? And you can quantify that however you want. I mean, he's already, as, as we know, one of the best defenders in the league, and he's a guy who it, it's not just his individual defense. It's, it, it's the, the, his ability to be this kind of linchpin that makes your whole defensive scheme work and, and allows you to have a, a, an elite defensive unit, and that alone makes him a max player. You know, He doesn't have to have a refined offensive game or be able to, to shoot threes or hit free throws at a high rate or anything else. Like His, his value is, is clear. It's well-established, and... You know, if if he's just hitting the open market, there he would be heavily in demand, and a bunch of teams would be willing to throw max deals at him. I mean, I I think it's as simple as that. Um, you know, there, there's always room for guys to grow, and we've talked about that over over the years on on your show about whether or not uh, he could you know expand his offensive repertoire or how valuable he is. Now we know he's avail you know uh, valuable as a as a, a dive guy uh, diving to the rim. We know he's great around the basket. Um, and, you know, the last couple seasons, he's, he's been scored at a slightly higher rate. Um, so I, I don't, you know, you know exactly what you're getting with him. And I, you know, I, I, I could say, I, I think his value is, is well established. I assume the Jazz will do everything possible to keep him for the foreseeable future. Howard, uh, there's a formula out there to win championships. you got to have a couple of great players, maybe three even. But in that respect, what you were just talking about with Rudy and Donovan, they have to get better in order for the – because the Jazz can add a piece here, a piece there. But you've got to have those those linchpins, don't you? You've got to have those guys who are just absolute championship-type stars, right? And in the Jazz's case, those are the two. I probably overused the word dynamic and dynamism. Um, <laughs> in the course of these these uh, interviews with you guys and, and, and elsewhere, but I when I when I think about offenses, when I think about teams that win championships and contend for championships, there's a certain amount of offensive dynamism. It, you know, we we can all romanticize defense in this league, and it's important. And yes, most championship teams have been top ten defensive teams. Um, but if you're if you're a great defensive team but only average offensively, I just I think it's harder, and especially in the playoffs when you're facing other good defensive teams. And the deeper you get in the playoffs, 
the more likely it is that every team you're facing is also top 10 defense. So if you were number three and they were number seven in defense, ah, suddenly that difference isn't that big of a deal in the playoffs. Um, so being elite defensively but only average offensively suddenly becomes a, a real barrier to advancement. And that's what the Jazz are. That's what they've been the last few years. Great defensive team, only solid offensively, and not enough of my favorite word, dynamism. And, you you know, look at who's been winning championships. You know, a, a Warriors team that had both Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, and, all, and also, by the way, one of the greatest shooters of all time in, in Clay Thompson. Um, the Raptors had Kawhi Leonard, who is obviously incredibly versatile and gifted offensive player, one of the best in the league, but also the dynamism of Pascal Siakam, the playmaking of Kyle Lowry, and shot making of Kyle Lowry. So you just you need multiple guys who you who you know, especially in a tight playoff game, in a, in a tight fourth quarter, can create something, can manufacture shots and manufacture points, and. You're just you're always going to need that other element. Donovan Mitchell has that ability, some of it. He's not at the elite level with that yet, but you know he's only he's only what twenty three, twenty four. I mean, he's you know he, he's that's a great starting point. And having a guy like Rudy, yes, you have your second star, but there's different combinations of stars or different um, different kinds of, of, of two star combinations. If one of those guys is is pretty much an old you know all D some O player, which is what Rudy is, then it, that's not enough. You, you you need, and they're hard to get, obviously, but you, you need either a spread of offensive talent like the Raptors had or a couple of elite type uh, scores as the Warriors had or the Heat teams with LeBron and Dwayne Wade. And that's that's just been the modern history of the NBA, and you can find an exception here or there, You know, maybe the Mavericks team with, with Dirk, Surrounded by you know just mostly solid players, um, but those those are those are rare. And and Dirk obviously is at a whole other level in terms of of offensive talent. So I, I think I think that's you know that that's the that's the hard thing to get around in, in this league. You 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 always need two elite offensive players, um, or almost always. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, Mike Conley is going to join us in about oh, 45 minutes or so, and he's participating in this game of horse that ESPN is going to televise. Does that, uh, does that uh, I guess, satisfy your thirst for basketball, at least at the moment? <laughs> I mean, horse is not basketball, but it's, it's, it, 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 it involves a basketball. Um, <laughs> so... It's it's not nothing. Uh, it beats the heck out of watching guys play video games. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, so I mean, I'll I'll be curious enough to watch. Uh, I did not watch the video games. Um, don't care. Don't know who won. Um, I have no interest. But uh, horse, yeah. Um, and Mike Conley should be should be good in that. That'll be that'll be fun to watch. I mean, I, I think that one's all about the execution and how how this is set up and. Whether it, I don't know, like I because they're not going to be in the same place and they're doing this all on their own. Like I, I, I think um, it, it'll. I don't know. I, I don't know what exactly to expect. It'll be interesting. Howard, did you have a go-to shot when you were playing horse? <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, <laughs> I, I think there was a lot of the you know uh, stand you know twenty feet from the basket facing the opposite direction, trying to throw it over your head without looking. 
I don't know that that ever actually went in, but because uh, I didn't look. If it actually does, though, Howard, you know it's a guaranteed letter for the next dude. I mean, it's if you can dial that in, it's deadly. Yeah, no, that's that's a hard one to replicate. You know, <laughs> How, unless, unless you're uh, unless you're Rocky, the uh, Nuggets mascot. That guy is ace at that. <laughs> I got to tell you, Howard, one time I was over at the Jazz practice facility and the guys had finished practicing. And so a couple of us picked up a a basketball and I was shooting, trying to hit three pointers. And uh, it caught Quinn Snyder's attention. He came over and pointed about six feet in front of where I was standing, telling me to shoot from there. So that's uh, yeah, that's what I was a humbling moment. You, viol- you violated one of my cardinal rules uh, as somebody who's covered this league for a while. Never, ever, ever, ever do anything with a basketball in your hands in front of actual basketball people. Like, don't. just like, There's no good can come of us trying to shoot, dribble, or anything else in front of NBA coaches or NBA players. It, just, it, it, it can do nothing but uh, bring uh, uh, shame and humiliation upon you, all the rest of the media, your family for generations to come. Just like I, and I don't just mean you, Gordon. That's me. That's everybody. Just don't. Like, even the guys who think they can play, just don't. At my advanced age, you think I would have learned that lesson by now, but uh, I learned it that day. Yeah. Well, Howard, we appreciate uh, you coming on with us as always. You're a highlight of our week, and uh, hopefully you and yours stay well, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> appreciate it, fellas. Always a pleasure. Talk to you then. Thanks, Howard. All right. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report joins us each and every Friday, part of your daily assist right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I, I, I thought Howard, I think he's right on the money about the difficulty of this situation, not having, you know, face-to-face interaction. You're not, you're not, there daily to mend the fence and when he was talking about Donovan and Rudy you know if you're if you're going through practices and games and you're trying to to win basketball games it makes it easier I would bet to put aside some stuff and now that they have pretty much no contact and no practices and no games it probably does make it a little more difficult unless as you participate in those games and you are competing some of those other things that he was guessing about, if they exist, or I don't know if they do, it, those might continue. So I, I don't know. It could go in either direction. It seems like it would be easy. Or maybe that easy is not the right word. It seems like it would be possible and the opportunity would be there for these guys to pick up the phone and talk to one another and and, and work things through that way. Is that perfect? No, it's not perfect, but it's it's an opportunity. People communicate via the phone all the time, don't they? Uh, yeah, well. yeah, but didn't it make it seem like like they weren't really interested in a reconciliation or at least one no, side yeah. from from yeah. that part? So so it, it takes people to pick up a phone. When you're at practice every day, it's pretty hard to go, you know what, I'm not talking to you. Well, wait a minute. If you call somebody, they're not going to pick up? Come on. You can't do that to a teammate, can you? But Yeah. <laughs> Very easily, actually. <laughs> okay, it just it just seems like uh, we're talking about grown grown adults uh-huh, here. Uh huh. <laughs> and and how often does Austin duck your phone calls? It's uh, a strong point. Yeah. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Mm. I'm busy. Right. 
Remember that time I? Uh, well, I, I just want to live in your but, your your world, the hundred acre wood, just for one day, where everybody picks up the phone and everybody loves each other. We, you know, we have not told the story yet, though. Maybe later in the show, if you're good. There was a couple weekends ago. Gordon called me as I was laying down for a nap, and I almost didn't answer, but I did, and I'm really glad I did because a miracle happened. Do you remember that, Gordon? Yes, I do remember that. And thanks for tweeting that out, by the way. <laughs> a miracle? A miracle. I, I, you and I have a private moment. The next thing I know, you're sending it out to the world. Thank you for that. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Like a miracle? Always be promoting the show. Like, like, don't you have to be to perform two miracles to be sainted? Isn't that he's a thing? He's one away. So he's halfway there? Yes. That's <laughs> Go terrifying, ahead. isn't it? St. Monson? Go. Oh, no. So we're halfway to St. Monson? Do you want to go ahead and tell the story? Well, we're, we're out of time wait, here. Wait, Maybe wait. next. Can I throw this out there? If, if Gordon were actually sainted at some point in his life, what would he be the patron saint of? One-upping. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. Brilliant. Because that's what that's, this has to do with. Wow, really? See, it's, it's, I'm so misunderstood. I, I, I think I'd be the patron saint of being misunderstood. <laughs> the patron saint of cheese? What is, we have here, is there such a thing? What, what we have here is a failure to communicate because it's not a matter of one-upping. It has never been a matter of one-upping. It is a matter of participation. It is a, a matter of... You're undoing of, your miracle. Of, Stop. Of, 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 Would he be the patron saint of not wearing a jacket? Socks with sandals? Socks with sandals. Cookie Monster shirt? Patron saint of jeans on the golf course. Well, I haven't worn uh, I haven't worn socks or sandals in a long, long time. But that sure backfired on you the other day, didn't it, Jake? <laughs> How did that backfire on me? Because Sam because Amick Sam, says it's all right. Sam told you that he does that all the time. Does he wear them on television? And he said he did it around the 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 you know comfort of his own home. Come on now, I'm an open book. I'm not going to put on the pretense of gussying up, you know, in front of. The, I'm not going to be any different in front of the TV cameras than I am at home. And by the way, as long as we're bringing up old issues from this week, I love it how you scurried away from Tom Hackett criticizing folks for wearing jeans on a golf course, and obviously you're like, oh, oh, I I did that once and it was on accident. Where when you actually no, did do I it, never said, you defended I never yourself said, for like an I, hour. I, it's I never, fine. First it's of all, fine. I would never say anything is on accident it's on purpose it's by accident come on jake and it's and out I, west and, right and this is where you're you're drawing the line to defend no, yourself no That's no some sort i don't of grammar I, I don't rule? i don't typically wear jeans on the golf course i have done so on an unfortunate occasion the. uh you know when like when i got thrown out of the country club but you know that that, you that, that wasn't that, even the occasion we were talking about when this no, came up on the air no, i mean it's happened a few times i'm not going to deny that but it's not it's not my typical dress on a golf course and we teased you about it and you said oh i you can wear jeans on a golf course and i'll wear, well, you wear i'm comfortable i'll wear whatever i want and tom says the same thing and you're like oh i just it was once and you know i <laughs> i just uh, it was the old my house burned down and the only thing that that survived were my jeans so i just do you think they would let me back out there at uh willow creek country club do you think they let me on the course have i have I made my I way? I swear you described it as just a run-of-the-mill track or something with Tom, yeah, didn't you? And I wouldn't, certainly. Well, Our, that was that, that was just the time that I was out there for a, the golf tournament. It was actually a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a media day for the Utah well, I, Championship. Right. 
and it, it was supposed to be a joke, but it didn't. It kind of went over like a lead balloon. Wait, 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 wait. The shirt was supposed to be a joke. The jeans, well, both. They, were, both. Mm, they were standard dress. These are two different <laughs> episodes, right? Yeah. Well, the one we were teasing him for, the jeans, wasn't even the Oscar no. the Grouch incident. That was a totally different incident. The, look, the pro who threw me because off the course. Because we talked to somebody who was embarrassed by your jeans wearing the, out the, the, on the, the golf the, course. Remember? The pro who, th- the pro who threw, him, threw me off the course, it was all in good humor. It, he wasn't like chasing after me with a stick yeah our boss didn't think it was real great humor at the time yeah he didn't like it so much did he but but we have since patched that up. and the time we were giving you grief it was because somebody was not pleased with you know was a little embarrassed to be playing with somebody in jeans yeah i still don't exactly understand what difference it makes what color your pants are when you're playing golf i'd say it's more the material than the color here in this discussion but uh, what what is denim really denim is cotton right Mm. is it is it all cotton and and by by the way are golf pants cotton because you're not wearing sweats on the golf course either I've never tried that. I wonder how that would go over. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.